little nugget for everyone listening. And this was like the most life-changing piece of advice that I ever learned. Um, I think ever in business. And it was just like, I was meeting with a consultant like three, four months ago. Yeah. And I was like, look, I have a business partner. You know, what do I do? Like, we're sort of like stepping on each other's toes. Um, I want to scale, but like technically his job to do this part of it. And it's my job to do this part of it. And as the business had grown, we had just kind of like taken whatever we wanted, right? Like, oh, that I'm good at that job. So I'll do that. Or it's easy for me to do that. So I'll do that. He was like, this is what you need to do. You draw a money sign in the middle of a piece of paper. And then you draw a triangle around that money sign. And then you picture every single task in your business as a ball falling on top of the triangle. It either has to roll to the right of the money sign or it has to roll to the left of the money sign. So left meaning before they purchase, right meaning after they purchase. And he said, you need one business partner on one side and one business partner on the other side. And like, you don't have to run everything by the other person. And that's how you scale. And that's been the most life-changing thing that we've done in the last four months. Like, So here's a big question. As a digital marketer, how can we accelerate our business with extreme momentum without all the turbulence and time suck? And how do we do it in a way that changes the lives of everyone around us? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashclicks, and welcome to Marketer's Mindset. Hey guys, welcome back to another Marketer's Mindset podcast. I am your host, Daniel, the content director here at Dashclicks. And today I have the super cool Keaton Walker of OrthoPatience and It's Keaton on YouTube, all the way out from the country of Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm sorry, Utah. Hello, welcome. Keaton, thank you for joining. I'm really excited you're here. Yeah, Daniel, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I'm super stoked. So I have kind of a bunch of questions to ask you because I really want to get the inner workings of what you do and stuff. So I want to kick this off by asking, what is it that you actually do and how do you generate revenue? Yeah, so I run two businesses. One is a coaching business and one is a marketing agency but I started them in the opposite order. So marketing agency, I've been running for about three years now. And then the coaching business, I help people start their first marketing agency. Uh, also some like marketing consulting, if somebody comes through our funnel that needs that. Um, but typically just, just people getting started out with their own agency. So on the marketing side, we work with orthodontists. Uh, that's our only niche. We have between 30 and 40 clients right now, uh, all over the US and Canada. Wow. that uh, need new patients. And so we generate leads for them using Facebook and Instagram. And then we also place the, the leads directly on their schedule. Uh, so we'll VPN, like get a VPN or a remote access to their practice management software yeah. and schedule it directly in so they don't have to deal with any scheduling conflicts there. So on the coaching you, side, sorry, so, go ahead. Well, real quick, when did you start the marketing agency? Yeah, so three years ago in April. Wow. Scaled up pretty, pretty decently. I, I'd say. Uh, thanks. Yeah. we. I mean, <laughs> we should be like probably twice as big right now, but I'm, uh, I enjoy the lifestyle a bit more than I probably should. Oh. So, uh, but yeah, we're, I'm, I'm happy with where it's at and, uh, we've got a, a great team that does a good job That's awesome. uh, and takes care of most of the day to day. So tell me about your, uh, now, tell me, I know I interrupted. Sorry. Tell me about your coaching side. Yeah. So we, um, that's what you mentioned. I'm it's Keaton on YouTube. I release tutorials there about how to grow your agency. And, um, 
the the thing that I noticed is most people on YouTube are just selling a course for 997 or even you know two, three, four grand. But the course, you know, immediately after release is pretty much outdated. So I decided I don't really want to sell a course. The thing that's valuable is the implementation or the actually getting on a call with somebody and them asking, hey, how do I do this thing right now? And I say, this is what you do right now in 2022 and June of 2022 or whatever time it is. You know, this was working six months ago, but it's not working now. And um, that is the idea behind the coaching program that we're able to get uh, you know, a bunch of people in one spot, they're all masterminding together, asking me questions. Somebody asks a question to help somebody else. And then uh, we, it's me and one other coach. I help on the back end operation side, hiring mindset, uh, getting results for your clients. And then the other coach, um, his name's Carson Fox, and he's just a killer when it comes to prospecting, has some really cool systems. And he's always on the cutting edge of what's actually happening when it comes to booking calls and successfully booking calls. Yeah. Um, so that's what he coaches our students on. And then on the back end, uh, they've got me. So is that like a problem you're seeing with, um, courses where they would by the time because it is extensive and after mm -hmm. everything you do you put it out it could be six a year you know six months or a year later depending on how extensive yeah. it is i guess but is it just kind of a pandemic you see where like courses are just out of date yeah i mean <laughs> there's some stuff that never changes right like there's some like category king type courses that are just amazing but the thing the only things that actually stick around and and make sense for the long term are the business foundations and the mindset portions like the facebook ads course that you took three years ago like i'm sorry it doesn't work now uh and everybody's been using the same you know funnel for the last three years and so now there's a new strategy and you have to kind of and paste. get on, on board with what's happening now yeah um yeah so not to say courses can't work but i just i personally you know, I don't want to go through the effort. <laughs> like there's, there's a sell then build, which is a model that I tried once and I never want to do again because I, I sold, it wasn't that many, like five to 10 people in the course. And then making a good course is like writing a book. And so I was like, couldn't even focus on my business because I was so worried about trying to get the course out for these five people that have bought the course. Yeah. And then I rushed the course process. I wasn't super proud with the end result and, you know, I had made some money, but it just wasn't a good look for me. Didn't love the sell then build. And so I'm like, build then sell. I actually did that again. And then for whatever reason, the market, which I was selling to orthodontists just didn't want a course. And so I, I wasted that time as well. So I'm like, well, maybe I just sell the, the coaching calls now and the implementation. Then we go light on the content, still give them a little bit, uh, but mainly like, I don't, I don't have time. Like my other thing is I'm running a business <laughs> that takes, you know, the agency takes between 20, 30 hours a week to run. I don't have time to make a course and make YouTube videos to promote that course. So I may as well just release my best stuff on YouTube. I've had multiple people say, Hey, I got my first client from your stuff on YouTube. And that's exactly how I want it to be. That's if cool. they get there for a client, they understand it. And then they join the coaching program. We help them scale to, you know, 10, 20, 30 clients. Yeah. You really got, you really got to have like a sharp, a sharp mind and like make sure you slept enough the, the night before to like record <laughs> and prep your uh video presentations and stuff like i do that yes. at dash clicks and i gotta be on the right mindset i can't do it in the afternoon because i'm just it i'm just i can't even think it's so difficult yep. so when did you start all this in general like how did you fall into it yes so i was in college 
hated it, like literally hated every second of it. And so I <laughs> just decided like, hey, school ends in April. I've always wanted to do my own thing. Why don't I, you know, try this marketing agency thing? And I had fallen into that because, so, sorry, backtracking a bit. Um, I had, I was doing marketing for my family business and they, uh, it's a swim school out here in Utah. So oh, yeah, yeah. they teach like babies how to swim. And I was doing, I was running Facebook ads and I was even like doing billboards and I was going to like school events. I did like this like tent event at school events. It's hilarious. Like, I even knocked doors to sell swimming lessons. What's <laughs> yeah, that? Knocking on doors for swimming lessons. Yeah. Knocking on doors. The, I think the school fairs were the funniest things. Cause I like definitely was not prepared. And we just went with like, we'd like set up a pavilion or like a little tent thing. And then, play games and just kind of like get the word out and talk to people. But I noticed through this whole process that like the most measurable thing and the thing that I could do from a computer instead of having to go to a school fair and like waste time and energy and money on that and maybe see something, maybe not was digital ads. They, you know, social media has just crushed it. And so uh, I got really good at that. And about 10 months in, I was like, okay, I think I can start selling this to other people. I was just having a conversation with my friend and I was like, you know, I'm looking for a niche to go into. What do you think? And he was like, you should do orthodontics. And he said his dad's a dentist and orthodontists always need marketing because they churn their patients. Like, you know, dentists keep patients for 30 years, but orthodontists keep them for two, maybe. Yeah. And so we, I was like, cool. Sounds good. First orthodontist I reached out to was like, yeah, let's try it out. And the rest is history. We've just stayed in here ever since. <laughs> oh my God. That's a funny story. I was thinking it'd be funny if you, for your, um, like a, you know, given a freebie away for your swim school, it'd yeah. be like, you know, you could just set, you could go to the fair and set up a small kiddie pool and give like a 10 minute swim lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The the pool wouldn't be big enough. We actually did bring one of those kiddie pools, but it was just, it's also, it's like a drowning hazard with kids because oh, it's yeah. only like, you know, a half a foot deep or something. And so we would just have them like, they had to throw it through a hoop, like throw a ring, throw yeah. another ring into the, like the kiddie pool. So that was our game. in a ball pit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. We should, uh, I'll pass that one on to the, to my family. We'll Dude, million dollar idea. So yep. you kind of mentioned you, you, one of the niches you go after are orthodontics and mm-hmm. the, I guess I would assume that other, other niches kind of just people wanting to do something, what you're doing in a similar way, or mm-hmm. they just want to start a business in general. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, if every single person that joined my coaching program went into a orthodontics, then it would be, you know, saturated within sure. uh, two months or something. Sure. But, um, so, but yeah, there's, and there's so many like dental is an obvious niche to go into that I happen to succeed in. And if I could go back, I'd probably choose something a bit more unique. Uh, like I think recreational motorsports is a really cool niche, like marketing for ATVs. I tried to rent one last weekend and it was like 1300 bucks for a day. I was like, wow, this is expensive. <laughs> and like boats, all that kind of thing. Uh, really high margins. Great. Uh, like probably really fun people to work with. That's a cool niche you could go into. It's Have definitely not, it's definitely not like a, the rental industry is not like a sexy business, mm. but it's such a lucrative business. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, like funeral homes, um, a lot of home services clients, like these yeah. are the like HVAC. I know a guy I met him a couple weeks ago that runs like HVAC. They do plumbing and HVAC SEO. And like, they just slay like so many 
HVAC guys out there don't know how to get the word out and STO is the best service for them. So they went into that nation and worked out for them. So I've heard of some crazy stuff like um, uh, politicians, um, municipalities, like actually working with the city and doing marketing for the city. I've heard of that too. Yeah. Playing with government dollars there. So, um, you know, deep pockets. (laughs) And anyway, there's tons of, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not because nothing actually gets done Um, like it just goes out of the account gets replenished that's all i know know? yeah something like that so how many team members do you have do you have any yeah so uh there's eight of us on the ortho patients team eight and yeah what kind of what kind of roles does that spectrum kind of cover yeah, so we've got the appointment setting side of things and then the ad buying side of things, right? So we generate the lead, then we schedule the appointment. So we've got, and on the ad buying side of things, we actually have one, just one ad buyer, uh, but she's kind of supported by two other people. And the, the other person actually talks to the clients, kind of the pretty face to all our clients. She's the one that people onboards the clients, uh, answers all their questions, get back, gets back to them, and then she'll assign any tech task tech or marketing tasks to that uh, media buyer that I mentioned. We also have a head of customer success that works with both of them in tandem and kind of helps roll out global changes, talk to clients, handle like escalated billing issues or whatever. Uh, And then we have two follow-up for appointment setters, um, follow-up managers is what we call them. And they schedule the, the leads, obviously talk to the clients, get in the software. And then there's myself on that backend team. Uh, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six there. And then we have my business partner who's just on sales and acquisition for us. And he's got an assistant that helps out with sales and, and wow. following up with prospects and all that. So that's it puts team. in perspective how many people you need to run an agency. <laughs> yeah. Without and like, we're, working I mean, double full-time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could, we could get rid of the the client success manager and I could do all of that work, but Hopefully I don't want to. Listening. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, she's great. And I don't want to, like, she's, she's been instrumental yeah. to us getting to where we're at and um, we'll get to a point where, you know, she'll be extremely necessary. So yeah. it's worth training her and, and paying her at this point for us. So you mentioned you have 30 to 40 clients, give or take for ortho patients, but for your coaching mm-hmm. side, how many clients do you currently serve or students? Yeah, so I've, I've worked with probably 40 to 50 agency owners at this point uh, on a one-on-one basis. And I love the one-on-one calls, but what I started to realize was, uh, you know, I would see someone, we'd get on a call to be like, this was so helpful. And then I never heard from them again. And I was like, dude, yeah. did that help? Like, like, they just obviously like you said it was super helpful on the call, but what were the results? And I mean, the information wasn't free. It was, I charged them for the call. But I personally, as a coach, like the biggest fulfillment for me is seeing somebody like, oh, I had this awesome breakthrough with this client or like I messaged somebody and this is what they said back. Isn't that awesome? And I, I, that's why I started the coaching group, which is only two months old. And we've got about like eight people in it right now. So it's small. We're going to cap it at, and I originally was going to cap it at 15 because that's all I wanted. Uh, But then we brought on another coach. And I kind of like saw the utilization of the coaching where, you know, some people are messaging me something every single day. A lot of people are not, they just join and come on a call once a week and ask one question and they got their value. 
Hmm. Um, but now that I have another coach to kind of split the the load of the coaching, uh, we're going to cap it at 50 members and, you know, we're booking sales calls every day. So it's filling up pretty fast. That's awesome. So like, what does your pricing model look like for, I mean, I know your agency might be a bit more, have more mm -hmm. options, but just maybe like a quick explanation of, of your pricing model. Agency and coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So agency wise right now we do a three month contract um, for the orthodontist just to, you know, we need three months to actually make things work in some cases. Um, and that right now is eight grand. And then they get a, a $500 discount if they pay in full. So they have the option to pay monthly or uh, pay the three months in full and, and pay 7,500. Um, and then after that, we charge between like 2,500 and 3,000 a month. That's including ad spend. And the number I also, that 8,7500 is also including ad spend. So we collect that up front and That's then cool. we, we pay Facebook directly. That's cool. I, I've worked with one agency. Actually, I think I've only worked with one agency that had a model like that for realtors. It was kind of like oh, a, okay. you just pay one flat fee and they cover everything. And they were able mm -hmm. to kind of just systematically get similar results, you know, plus or minus. For like every client they bring on so they're able yeah. to do that it was super cool so do you yeah, have like a do you have like a value ladder um well actually well even for your coach i actually want to know your pricing model for your coaching side of things yeah yeah so originally it was just it's just a passion project so i started out at 300 bucks a month everybody can join calls once a week yeah. And I didn't want to take sales calls. I didn't want to do anything. So it's just like, just a page, like you can check out if you want. And uh, that was going well, but then I ended up partnering up with the other coach. And so, yeah. and he's got, we have software access, which the software access itself is worth like $800 a month, but we have like both bulk discount deals on the software. Mm. Uh, and then we have the two coaches. And so uh, currently the price is 900 a month. Got it. So how do you, do you, do you have like a value ladder? Like, do you, or do you just kind of have a simple, cause it seems like your pricing is pretty simple. It's like a one entry point, it seems like, but do you yeah, have yeah. like lower products or you build them up to the eight grand pitch or. Yeah. So I didn't actually know how to build out a value ladder. Like <laughs> I was just racking my brain for like literally three years trying to figure out the only thing that had worked for me is like one, 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 that's how to scale. I talked to a friend, he's like $300,000 a month agency, one prospecting method, one service delivery method. Uh, one type of client. And that's how I scaled. And so that's sort of what I stuck to. And then about a month ago, I actually went to a software conference, uh, software for agencies that uh, helps them kind of, they can white label the software and resell it to their clients. And I realized that there's a lot of opportunity to, like, there's a guy at the software, at the conference who was just reselling software for like $5,000 yearly fees. So he's just collecting like five, $6,000 in a first uh, one-time payment. And his yeah. fulfillment cost is literally like giving them an account to the software. And, you know, he doesn't increase his prices or he doesn't increase his, his cost at all on the back end. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. There's gotta be something to this. And so Seems that really is what we're building out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're building out as the, cause I, I didn't, it's not really worth it to be like, you know, and, and you think from a sales perspective, like the sales guy is always going to gravitate to like the lower end thing. And yeah. so if they start there and we still have to set it up and like, we could just be setting up the full thing. 
I don't know, it just didn't make sense for to us. But the the software side, like kind of having a software married with your your uh, services as an agency helps you become differentiated because you can just sell people on the software, you know, two, 300 bucks a month support when you need it. And then when they're like, this is cool. Like I'm getting 10 to 15 extra inquiries a month because of this. You're like, awesome. How about we start running some ads and we could increase that to 30 to 40 a month. So like, yeah, sounds good. And that's, that's what we're like fully full transparency. We're rolling it out right now. So I don't have results on our end when it comes to that, but the, the current model we're considering is software, just software, no ads or anything on the first, um, uh, on the bottom of the value ladder, then software with like a very basic ads package that takes us 30 minutes to set up. And yeah. It's just quite simple. Um, and which some clients need, but we're typically, we're, we're typically just pitching the higher thing and then using those as down sales instead of starting them out on the bottom thing. And then going on from there right i feel like you go both ways it's kind of like you'll yeah. find someone that'll, that'll you, you'll build a relationship they'll pay the eight thousand, or mm-hmm. they just join the free thing or they you know the opposite happens so it, there's yeah. always buyer like there's enough people let's put it that way there's yeah. no shortage yeah so like what's exactly. the what's the biggest what's the biggest or actually what's the number one thing that moves your revenue needle mm, that's a great question so um, little nugget for everyone listening. And this was like the most life-changing piece of advice that I ever learned. Um, I think ever in business. And it was just like, I was meeting with the consultant like three, four months ago. Yeah. And I was like, look, I have a business partner. You know, what do I do? Like, we're sort of like stepping on each other's toes. Um, I want to scale, but like technically his job to do this part of it. And it's my job to do this part of it. And as the business had grown, we had just kind of like taken whatever we wanted, right? Like, Oh, that I'm good at that job. So I'll do that. Or it's easy for me to do that. So I'll do that. And he was like, this is what you need to do. You draw a money sign in the middle of a piece of paper. And then you draw a triangle around that money sign. And then you picture every single task in your business as a ball falling on top of the triangle. It either has to roll to the right of the money sign, or it has to roll to the left of the money sign. So left meaning before they purchase, right meaning after they purchase. And he said, you need one business partner on one side and one business partner on the other side. And like, you don't have to run everything by the other person. And that's how you scale. And that's been the most life-changing thing that we've done in the last four months. Like we would schedule um, Mm. just sales calls because of our brand and everything. But now the partner is solely on sales. And now we have a, a sales guy working with him. It's just like, every week we're closing, we're closing, we're closing. Wow. Whereas before it was sort of like intermittent because I was supposed to be on marketing and he was supposed to be on sales, but he was also on fulfillment and I was also on fulfillment. So it was like this uh-huh. thing where we didn't really have enough time to do everything. And now that we've split, like we literally have a meeting once a week. I'm like, Hey, how's it going on your end? He's like, good, this and this, I'm like, this is what's happening on our end. Maybe change this in the sales. So page there's so no, there's no like dilution. If that's a word. Yeah. There's no, there's like, no diluting your responsibilities into like this blob. It's like, you know, there goes to yeah. one side, which is your side. It goes to the other side. Then you just kind of yeah. conjugate and. It's super clear. Happened. Yeah. It's super clear what's supposed to happen, why it's supposed to happen and like who is supposed to do it. And you're not and doing that, anything he's doing. Yeah. Sales wise. And I'm not, I used to like have all of our prospects on our phone, on my phone. I'd be like, 
did you message this guy? Like he came through this morning and now I'm like, I just can't, even if he misses it, like, even if we miss the prospect, it's not my responsibility. I can't afford to have that headspace taken up because I'm busy trying to get results for our clients. And that's, it's just been like, at a certain point, you can't focus on everything. And that's uh, anybody starting out, like, you know, if you're, if you know someone and you're going to go 50, 50, you could do that. Uh, but if you start out, like I've, I have a friend that just started it out and he's really good at sales. Okay. At fulfillment, just like sold, sold, sold a lot of fulfillment. Like he would respond to his clients in the evening. Cause they'd just be selling from nine to five and be on calls. And then he was like, okay, I need a partner to focus on fulfillment. And he brought him on for, I don't know how much percentage of his agency, but he was a partner. So he was, you know, actively um, like engaged and wanted the clients to have success. Yeah. But um, he didn't, now he just, Literally, all he has to do is to worry about how do we get more sales calls? How do we sell those calls? If if I could give you a virtual award for best advice I've ever heard, I, I would. <laughs> that's Wow. That's wow. <laughs> I, to be honest, that's, that's fantastic advice. Because I feel like- It's really good. I, it's, I can't it's take great. credit. And the visual is like perfect. Because I usually mm. get advice that's kind of like, just like uh, vague and blunt sometimes yeah i mean the pat the guests i've had i've given great advice to and stuff but like this one was just like something that i could just totally relate to and it made me self-reflect on situations i've had where i'm like why am i so swamped in things i feel like everyone has that situation hmm. and it it sort of it sort of dabbles in like delegation a bit but it's really yeah. more just cutting the cord or putting a non-breakable wall between roles yeah. And between more specifically like sales and fulfillment sales. And, fulfillment. and it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's the best thing I've, at least for this area, you know, maybe when we scale to two or $300,000 a month, we'll, we'll be at a different place. And, but I, for going from, you know, where we were at then, which was like 40, $50,000 a month. And last month we did 85, like that change has been enormous for us. So I, I assume that I could help anybody in any uh, sort of situation. Well, it was, so. it was definitely clear, but what was, yeah. what would you have a name for it? The triangle method? <laughs> sure. I don't know. I really can't take credit. It was the consultant I met with. You just got to name everyone. it some, something really complicated sounding. Yeah, like yeah. The, <laughs> uh, the triangular modulation appropriation, <laughs> you know, something like that. So what's yeah. like, what's like the most successful automation you use in your business that you would say saves you the most time? Um, well, that's a great question. Or, or comparably, you know, uh, not only saves you the most time, but it's definitely a crucial piece of automation you have that maybe you, you couldn't scale or make as much money if you didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the marketing agency software I mentioned that gets people on the back end, um, like it's a, it's a CRM. So we manage, um, like all of the, the leads that come through for all of our clients and also for us getting new clients are all managed within one spot. We can get Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google messages, uh, text messages, calls recorded, everything all in one spot. And just having that one CRM where it's like, okay, this is where all the leads live. We don't have to go anywhere else. Like nothing gets yeah. dropped. You don't have to uh, jump that's platform to platform and have yeah. a bunch of tabs open. Yeah. And that's what I coach my clients on too. Like 
the reason you're doing a million in revenue instead of two is because you've got 15 different places to get your leads in and you're, you're, you know, and your front office is watching the leads, but that's another story. That's, that's I think that's common. <laughs> what, <laughs> what um, software is it? Uh, it's called high level. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. I think a lot of people are. It's a popular song. Yeah. High level. Yeah. So what does your sales process look like? Is it kind of similar between the agency and your coaching? Like, do you have to get on zoom calls? You generate a lead of some sort or interest and. In, yeah. So next? we've got, we've built up a pretty good email list over the last three years and we continue to generate leads every single day from our website and from, you know, organic and also from paid ads. And then we just blast them with emails every single week. And then we get them on a call. That's like That's in, the, in the simplest way. I wish somebody had described marketing to me that way, because it's not a, <laughs> like back in the day, you could set up a VSL and just run Facebook ads to the VSL and just like churn. And like, all you needed was that one platform. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, you've got to have leads coming in from multiple sources because who knows what's going to happen with Facebook next month. And then just, you know, monetize, monetize, monetize on the back end with email. So what's your retargeting strategy look like then? Is it primarily, well, if I know Facebook's going to be, we'll see what happens, but yeah, yeah. what's your retargeting strategy mostly? Is like you get them in and then you just really focus on retargeting through email primarily? Yeah. So I would say like, honestly, there's only like 10,000 orthodontists in the US. If you include Canada, like maybe we're up to 17,000. So it's like your Facebook audience isn't huge. And we found there's no difference in spending like honestly $500 a month in ads or $1,000 or $2,000 a month in ads for our company to get new clients. And so we just like, I've had people get on sales calls, like I see your face every day. And that's when we're spending $500 (laughs) a month. (laughs) You're like, cool, that's what I want. Um, and so we just email, we found like, if you can get the doctor's personal email, like that's pretty legit. Like they'll, they'll respond to you. And and it's not like a one-time thing. Like, Oh, I messaged them. It's we've seen people opening our emails for six months and then they finally get on. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like Mark marketing strategists listening might not like what you said. You're like, I wish someone just explained it like that simply. Cause they might be like, no, no, no. It's more complicated and deeper than that. Like, let's find out the true meaning, you know, which I understand there is kind of like a fundamental abstract overall meaning to marketing and stuff. I I can see that, but it is, it is the root of it is actually more simple than it comes off to be. Yeah. And it's, sorry, go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. It's, it's a bit more simple than it comes off to be. And I just feel like sometimes that um, courses or, or people teaching it, it's hard to grasp because it seems so simple to just template an email and send it versus mm-hmm. no, no, no. What do we put in the email? How do we say it? What is, what kind of response is that going to trigger versus that? Mm-hmm. So there's like gotta be like okay. a common perfect in between, but it isn't as complicated, you know? Yeah. yeah. I heard a, a thing. I think it was Bruce Lee. He was like, at first I thought it was simple. And then I thought it was complicated. And then I realized it was simple. And yeah. I think that's the growth of everybody learning anything. Like you eventually get to the simplicity again, but you have to go through the complexity to get there. It's just, I think it's the same thing with knowledge. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, you know, nothing. And then 
the more you learn, you feel like you know everything. Then the more you learn, you realize you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the island of your knowledge grows, so does the shore of your incompetence. That was more eloquently put. Yes. <laughs> it's, I know it's, it's crazy, but it really, it really can't. Well, I think that's why a lot, a lot of people can find success using marketing tactics, because at the end of the day, you're really just like all the tools that are available to you, high level or Google or whatever software if you know how to use a mouse and toggle buttons and know what the buttons do, I mean, you can put a credit card in, hit the go button, put $5 million a day. And you got like an ad that's just out there. Five million yeah. a day. I know it's kind of crazy, but that's my point. Like um, $5 a day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely been democratized. Yeah. It's just, anyone can do it. It's stupid easy. So this actually mm -hmm. is a good segue. I don't really know what the segue to this next question is, but I have another question for you. Um, mm -hmm. So in the past 12 months, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but in the past 12 months, how much revenue has your companies generated? Yeah, uh, I think like 750,000 or 800,000. I actually don't know everything combined. I just know the agency. Yeah, I think 700 is, I'm going to say for a good estimate. Yeah. And then where you're at now, what's like mm -hmm. an achievable revenue goal you see yourself in the next 12 months? Yeah. Um, I would say with like, I'm actually seriously rolling out the coaching now, which I wasn't doing last year. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think alone, just the coaching uh, revenue wise, we could do you know two to 300 this year. And then the agency will do close to a million. So uh, I would say like total revenue generated across everything. I'd be really happy with anything over a million would be cool. It'd be my first million dollar year. Um, but okay, one between one and five is what we're I'll, I'll definitely send you an award for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. And that that's only been three years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. That's really, really exciting for you. So, Thanks. okay. To hit that revenue goal, mm -hmm. what would be like the, the one, the single most important thing you'd have to change? Yeah. Uh, well, we made the change. That's the thing. We made the the split of the partners and that's what is making the difference like we we were sort of on track before that and then the minute we made that change it's like this is game over we're like we're gonna get there because it's just focus that's all it is all businesses is taking your focus putting it on the right things and the difference between a beginner and an expert is the expert knows where to put his focus the beginner doesn't and mm. so we're we're just focusing on the right the right uh things now I'm like hyper-focused on getting everybody really good results when they come on board and my business partner's hyper-focused on getting as many people on board as possible. So, so you're, you're actually executing the triangular trifecta. Oh yes. Yes. The trifecta, the trifecta. <laughs> I'm not sure what the third part of the trifecta is. I have to be honest though. It, it is, it is quite impressive to, and, and sort of validating to think like, if you really just, you don't, if you get out of panic mode and think that, more effort in more places equals more progress and just focus on one thing at a time or just mm -hmm. stay in your lane and then get someone else to do the, the other part between yeah. sales and fulfillment let's say it really i mean you're like living proof of it it really does make a difference yeah it's yeah simple i mean in theory i'd say yeah i i can't believe how long it took me to learn it like I used to think I had to do all my graphic design, like, or all my, you know, like build no my own website. No one can do it as better, as good as I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that may be true, but like, it's going to get done, even if it gets done 70% as well. And that's the important part. Um, 
So was that was that hard yeah. for you to transition into that? Oh, absolutely. A, like I made a video on it. Actually, it's coming out soon. It's called like everything you think you know about business is wrong <laughs> because it's like this uh, Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you read the four hour work week, but he's like all of the people, people simply can't believe that all of the biggest companies in the world don't answer their own phones, make their own products or service their own customers. It's all, it's all beautifully transparent and cheap. I think he says, <laughs> so Incredible. like literally it, everybody outsources and like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like this ethical moral dilemma that people have at the beginning. And then the more you do it, you're like, Oh, this is literally just commerce. This is how it, the economy functions. I could, I, I can relate to that when I, so I, I've been doing, I kind of been in my, this entrepreneur life thing for five years now. And that was a shocker to me. Cause you would think like, mm. you know, you know, any company really, I think. So a good example is like you, I'm a huge Formula One Red Bull fan. So like nice. it, one day I'm just going to have some little position at Red Bull just so I can say I worked at Red Bull, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I know if I got hired there and got in with their teams, whatever position it is, I know that I would be like, whoa, they, I thought all their employees were like US based, you know, because you think large companies being like domestic, mm -hmm. but I'm sure I would be surprised. Mm -hmm. This is what I found out that, they outsource a lot of work. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of a, I think a lot of people, if they looked into it, a lot of people would be surprised too. Yeah. You don't necessarily and expect it, that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I said that 70% thing, like maybe they'll do it 70% as well as you could do, but like, there's a lot of people that can do it actually 200% better than you. And when you're first starting out, you don't have as much resources or cash to burn on somebody, but the, as soon as you can get somebody on board, like, do it yeah. because it's going to free up, allow you to buy your time back so you can succeed. Yeah. I feel like the quicker you can peel that bandaid off, the better mm -hmm. long-term it'll be easier to continually delegate and stuff. So for sure, I have one more question for you. And I asked everyone mm -hmm. who's on this podcast, the same question at the end. And just to give you context, a lot of people that listen to this podcast is like a, a it's a plethora of different people. It's a spectrum. It's like, people that are considering starting a business that are working full time or aren't mm -hmm. or just like teenagers or something, or, you know, there's people who just started, they have under five clients or whatever. And then we have the behemoths and they're all making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per year or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are just new people wanting to start or have already started and they're just small. So like, mm -hmm. I know it might be redundant now, but you did give amazing advice, but what would be like the number one, thing you could give to someone just starting off who may not have a budget to get help, let's say, or maybe just mm -hmm. bring on a freelancer would be like the number one advice you could give them to save years of wasted time. Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. Um, it makes me think of a quote, like if I could do it over again, I'd make the same mistakes only sooner. Uh, that's like, if I could do life over again, I would do that. And I would just say there's, everybody's got a really unique situation and actually like the, the very first, I'll give you a personal example. The very first course I ever bought was 1500 bucks and it was completely a waste of money, but I'm actually like grateful that that guy, and the guy was emailing me like every day for six months. And then I finally bought the course yeah. and I'm actually grateful I bought that course, even though it sucked because it was like, Oh shoot, now I have to get my money back. Like I've got to go out there and market. I've got to go out there and figure out how this all works. 
And um, so I'd say just fail, like fail fast, figure out, like go to the experts in your industry, pay them. If it's not worth it, then it's not worth it. But you know, you're paying for speed. Um, and that's, that's the, you got to pay down that time. You either, either pay in time or money and you just got to pay in, in money if you want to, you know, get anywhere relatively quickly. Yeah. So do the Elon Musk SpaceX method, just blow a bunch of shit up, learn from it. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also pay for consulting along the way. Cause pay for consulting. You know, they'll give you some nuggets as you go. That, um, you know, last thing I want to mention is it's, it's funny you said that because um, the first things I ever did was a $1,500 course too. You might, I wonder if it's the same guy. I'll ask you after the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but it was similar. It was kind of like I was expecting to end up with this result without the effort. Well, I, just, mm-hmm. I didn't know how much effort to put in. So I just assumed the end result would be inevitable in the short term if I did the course and it became sort of not realistic and it became all these extra things. And I was obsessed. I think a lot of people get like this when they first start uh, obsessed with trying not to fail. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I would dip my toes in areas, not know the full picture and still sort of blindly go that way. And if I would hint at, "Uh Oh, this is not working out. I might just like go in a random direction and then just Mm -hmm. fail twice as hard because I was trying not to be in those situations because it's, yeah such a good point such a good point yeah so anyways that was good advice this was jam-packed of nuggets so if there is one podcast where you could repurpose and pull out a bunch of nuggets it'd be this one (laughs) you know (laughs) do that on like instagram or whatever (laughs) oh yeah totally anyways we have keaton walker of orthopatients and it's keaton on youtube out of salt lake city keaton thank you so much for coming on. I had a great yeah, time with you. Yeah, take it easy. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Not too easy though. <laughs> Want more of Marketer's Mindset? Join our private Facebook group where agencies from all over the world share strategies, network, and scale their business together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash Marketer's Mindset to get instant access. Also, if this podcast impacted you in any way, please share it with friends and leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps build our community.